Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. Excited to be here tonight. I want to take a moment before we get started, and I want to thank everybody for all of the amazing, beautiful birthday wishes that you posted on my page uh, on on the 18th. And I have not read through all of those. In fact, I just got back online and getting have them all open. I'm going to sit and read through them tonight. But I just want to thank you all so much. It was such a beautiful surprise to log in and see those there. And um, just, it means a lot. Thank you. So... Yeah, it's been a crazy week. I had so much fun. Um, was going to head up into the mountains on my birthday and got my whole car pa- packed. Everything was ready to go. Went out and got in the car and the battery was dead because I haven't been anywhere. <laughs> so my car has just been sitting there. It's like, how does the battery go dead if it doesn't do anything? Um, so I couldn't go. And so I had to find other adventures to spend my birthday doing. I was going to go, I was going to go poke around uh, Bohemia Mountain up on the gold fields and and find treasures and bird's nests or I don't know, something. But just get out of the house, the social distancing at its best, leave the house and go 100 miles out in the middle of nowhere to play. Sounded like a good idea for me. But I didn't get a go, so I'm kind of bummed, but I think I'm going to go this weekend maybe. I'm excited about that. So, you know, I always talk to you about going out and doing things and, and making messy in life and, and, you know, I think that stuff's important. I think it's important for us to get away and spend time with ourselves. So, but yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. After I read all of your guys' messages. <laughs> Thank you so much. Sincerely, thank you so much. I want to go through some things before we get started. First of all, the phone number to call in if you would like to read tonight is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. So I got a message from Michael. Michael says that he's not hearing anything. It's just the music playing. So if you guys still cannot hear me, Michael, send me a message if you still can't hear me, if I'm not on the air with you. Um, Otherwise, I'm just going to assume that you guys can hear me. I always have to double check that because who knows? It is technology. All right. Yeah, once again, the number six four six five nine five. Coming in clearly, he says. Thank you, Michael. Love you, hon. All right. So six four six five nine five three nine six five. If you'd like to call in and read tonight. If you're interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, you can do so by shooting me a message. The easiest way would be on Facebook. If you're not on my contact list, my name is Nyla, N Y L A. Last name, Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A, Nyla Alicia. Let me know what you'd like to put together. Your workshops can be anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours long. We can pre-record these, meaning you can record them on your computer 
and send them to me MP3 format. You can do them, record them, pre-record them on a phone call like we're doing right now. I can call you up and we get this, can get that done. I can help you with that. We can do a combination of both. We can play the workshop first, pre-recorded part, and then come on live if you want to talk with your audience, your listeners, and answer questions, that type of thing. Just let me know what you want to do, put together. We will get that done and very excited about those. The next thing I want to do is I want to thank our sponsors. And this is very important because especially with everything that's going on right now, you know, for people to reach into their pocket and help us cover the 2020 broadcasting license for the Speakeasy Cafe is pretty amazing. And, you know, this is our, going on our 14th year broadcasting together, you know, since I've been on blog talk radio with you. And that's pretty exciting. And so, you know, after all this time, it really means a lot to me. And all of us, I know that the community that we've built here has come to mean so much to so many people, you know, so much so that, you know, they're willing to reach into their pocket and help cover our license. I think that's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, so our 2020 broadcasting license sponsors are Debbie Kelly, Eric Sheldman, Maddie Gullickson, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Rick Clark, Raymond Bentley, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Rachel Ward, Kevin Kraft, Gina Storm, Renee Cryer, James, a.k.a. One Sapien, Richard Ward, and Colm Kennedy-Hulm. Thank you guys so much for helping to sponsor the show this year. We appreciate you so much on behalf of all of us with all of our hearts. Thank you. Putting that paper somewhere safe so I don't lose it. Get in there. What the heck? Oh, there's a book hiding back there. Of course there is. <laughs> all right. So pencils out. It is time to go through all of our writing assignments and the such, the sort, before we get started on reading tonight. Uh, I always give, if you ever are sitting there one night and you don't know what to write about, tune into the first 15 minutes of any of our shows, and there will be a plethora of things for you to sit down, grab a hold of, and be off and running, writing with. If As I go through these, if you don't get them all, as I go through them, don't worry about it. About five minutes, five minutes after the show is over, it goes into archives. It goes into uh, a podcast where you can go back and listen to it, start and stop it as needed, and you can write the assignments down then. So if you want to just hang out and listen to them right now, that's fine. And then you can come back later and actually write them down in your journals. Your first one is your journal assignment. And I always start with that because I think it's – and I want you to know that your journal assignments, I want them written in a journal or a spiral notebook. They have to be handwritten. I want your hand connected to the paper. I want you to feel the slide of the paper under your palm. I want you to feel the scratch of your pen across the paper. I want you to smell the ink. I want you to feel that drag of thoughts because you write differently when you write by hand. So at least for your journal assignments, please, it's really important. And, and journal assignments, it's okay because – they aren't meant for popular consumption. They aren't meant for other people to read. It's just one-on-one -on -one intimate time with your brain and your thoughts and your muses and, you know, some place where you're free. And you write has to be posted. So this is just one-on-one -on -one time with yourself. The journal assignment that I gave you for the year starting, and, and your year can start right now. It doesn't matter. And it can go on for 500 days, but you have to write 365. I don't care how many days it takes you to do your year. I want you to write, I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm getting, I'm, I'm not feeling really good. I have a cold or something. And so I'm just, uh, if I sound kind of funny, please forgive me. 
But anyway, I want you to write a haiku every day. As you go through your day, as you're out there walking around, staying inside, doing whatever it is that you're doing, I want you to find something worth writing 17 syllables over. So I want you to write a haiku every single day. And if you just have a hiccup of a thought, write it down. Even if it's not a haiku, you can always go back later and look at that hiccup and turn it into a haiku. You know, the, the key is to not let those those thoughts slip away, to not let them go into the abyss and not get them written down. So every single day, find something worth 17 syllables and uh, write a haiku. At the end of the year, 365 haikus. You can pick anywhere between 30 and 38 and 60 of those, whatever it is, and put together a haiku. You'll have a, enough good ones in there to put together a book of haiku poetry. So easy peasy. Next, I want to give you your writing assignment for the week. Now, what we've been working on is writing rambling catalysts, if you want to put it that way. Free writing is really important as a writer. You just have to get in that, that physical habit of writing, of putting words on paper every single day, even if it's just 10 minutes. And, and for some of us, that's hard. So, you know, if you can do this at least once a week, We'll start there, and then you can make yourself do it more often. I, you know, I'm not your babysitter. These are your, this is your creative mind. You know, you have to exercise it. You have to work with it. You have to let it grow. You have to feed it, you know, and I can help you do that, but in the end, it's up to you to pick up that paper and that pencil. But if you do these things, I promise you will be a better writer because of it. You know, so many of us have such incredible natural talent good you are. You still need to hone those skills. You still need to push yourself to be better. You know, I don't care if you're 302 years old, you know, and you've been the poet laureate of the universes. You should still be pushing yourself every single day to reach further, to dig deeper. So you're writing catalysts. What I want you to do is I want you to write this sentence down at the top of your page in your journal. And then once you write this sentence down, I want you to just keep writing for at least 10 minutes. Anything that comes to mind, it doesn't have to be a poem. It's not a story. It's not anything. It's just, just brain throw up onto the paper. And, you know, I don't care what you write. Just start with this line and keep going for at least 10 minutes, wherever your thoughts take you. And just kind of mix it up and keep it kind of fun. The ones that I have been giving you for the last while are some, some of the greatest novels ever written. So instead of me just making them up, I've gone through some of the great novels and picked out the very first line. So I want you to write it down at the top of the page. The sentence is, you ready? Once upon a time, two or three weeks ago. Once upon a time, two or three weeks ago. And that is from a book by Raymond Fetterman titled Double or Nothing, written in 1971. So the sentence is, once upon a time, two or three years ago, or two or three weeks ago, until you run out of things to say. Now, you're writing exercise. A writing exercise is different than an assignment. Assignment is that one-on-one -on -one comfy yoga pants time with your brain and your muses and, you know, all the, the incense burning and sitting around the crystals and humana, humana type stuff. All right. That's, that's personal. Um, a writing exercise is meant to push you. It's meant to stretch your muscles. It's meant to, to shove you outside of those comfort zones because it's only there that you're going to grow. 
If you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, you may learn to do it amazingly, but you're going to be a one-trick pony. So you really want to push yourself outward because the more input you have, the better your output's going to be. So you're writing exercise for the year. I gave you one for the year. And remember, a writing exercise isn't always about writing. Sometimes it's uh, simply about doing. You know, so throughout the year, you're writing exercises to at least once a week. And I don't care if it's all weekend or for 15 minutes. I want you to do something you've never done before or something that you uh, haven't done in a long, long time. But something new, something surprising, something different than your normal routine. Push yourself outside of your comfort zones. Bring these new experiences into your brain because then you'll have a chance. You'll, you'll be able to pull on those later when you're writing. It's important to go out there and experience life. I mean, you must have, like I said, you must have that input in order to have output. How can you write about life if you're not out there submerged in the invent, adventure of living it? So, you know, go explore, play, discover, make messy, and then write. Okay, your writing exercise for the week is, and what we have been doing, is writing two scenarios or to a topic. I'm kind of wanting you to climb outside of your brain. I don't want you to write a poem to this. Instead, I would like you to write a short story or a narrative, prose, something along those lines. I don't want you to overthink it. I want you to just spit it out and, and write. You know, while this is, you're going to want to put more thought into this than a free write because you are writing a story or something along those lines. I still don't want you to overthink it. Again, this is only for you. This is a, this is a writing exercise. Not everybody gets to see you in your sweats pumping iron, all right? If something fantastic comes out of it, then that's awesome. You can show it to us then. But, you know, just, just don't overthink. Just start, you know. And if you think of another idea, stop and start again and go over and just get it all on paper. Because later on, you can go back and sort it all out. So the scenario that I want you to work on this week, what I would like you to write a story about is I want you to, I want you to write a story opening it with, with it just being a regular old Monday. And you're on your way to work at a retirement home for superheroes. So write a story opening with it just being a regular Monday and you're on your way to work and you work at a retirement home for superheroes. What happens next? Something on the way? Something when you get there? All the amazing characters you could create and how they would interact. You know, what happens that they get involved with, but overcome and, and, and make all better, even though people didn't, even people, you know, though people didn't think they could do it because they're too old or a comedy about something that they try to do and can't because they're old. Think of the issues they could be dealing with because they are elderly, like, you know, storm with a weak bladder. Okay. That's probably not the best example, but you get the idea. This one will be a lot of fun. So yeah, have think just think of the characters you create. This is going to be a really cool one. Write a story opening it with it just being a regular Monday. You're on your way to work and you work at a retirement home for super superheroes. What happens next? Now, exercise number two. What I want you to do is remember to look at the world through a thousand eyes. When you know, like when we were kids, and anything could become everything, and it usually did. I want you to write the prompt at the top of the page and then start a list of all the thoughts or ideas or directions you could take that prompt. It's not intended for you to end up writing a poem to, 
but instead to make you realize what you do with a prompt before you write to it can be more important than what you write. By looking deeper into the prompt itself and not trying to write to it, it becomes something altogether different. It, it becomes anything. You, you, when you do this, and you should do this with anything you write, but when you do this, it keeps you from instantly writing the knee-jerk reaction thoughts to that prompt. By looking beyond those knee-jerk instant reactions, ideas that come to your mind, by looking past those, that's when you're going to find some really unique and really creative prompt for this week is, dun, 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 wait a minute, let me do this, drum roll, okay, <laughs> shadow. So write that, your pick apart, that's your, your pick apart a prompt. Remember, don't write a poem to it. But I want you to think, I want you to ask yourself questions like, what kind of shadow is it? Um, you know, how can you change it? How can you represent it? Twist it, what can it be? Whose shadow is it? Is it your shadow, their shadow, an unknown shadow? Is it the shadow of an animal, mineral, vegetable, something magical, otherworldly, supernatural? Um, is it a real shadow? Can others see it? Is it simply imagined? And if it's imagined, is it in a good way or a darker, harder way, such as, you know, something within a mental illness? What does the shadow do? Does it have a mind of its own? Or in its perfect mimic of the host, is that the story in itself? You know, what secrets could it know, have to keep, want to tell? These are all the types of questions you should be asking yourself when you look at a prompt. And then write them all down. Write every single one of them down. And while I tell you not to write a poem to this, I promise you as you do this, something in there, you're going to stumble on something. And it's going to grab a hold of you by the ear. And it's going to drag you onto that paper. And you will end up writing a poem to it. And it's going to be something incredible, something you never would have imagined had you not stopped and looked beyond the obvious, all the different directions you could take it, the things that could be used as a metaphor for things that could, you know, whatever it is, all the different ways you could write about it. And that's shadow. Now, you ready? The next ones I'm going to give you are your prompts. Now, prompts, now that I've had you stay completely away from writing poetry, Prompts are different. They are meant to be poems. They are like seed plants, seeds planted, and they are supposed to grow into a poem. With that said, it can be the title to your poem. It can be a line in your poem or just the general concept of the poem if you want to be a little bit more esoteric. So I actually have four. I normally do three, but I have four because I, I just liked them, and I had to cut one, and I thought, well, I'm not going to cut one. I can do what I want, right? <laughs> It's my birthday. I can do what I want. Um, so I have four for you tonight. So mark your paper one through four. The first prompt is the glorious moon. The glorious moon. Number two, their thin hands. Their thin hands. Number three, falling veils. Falling veils. And number four, but she is beautiful. But she is beautiful. So one, the glorious moon. Two, their thin hands. Three, falling veils. And four, 
but she is beautiful. You get extra points if you use them all in one poem. <laughs> all right, now, lastly, we have our That's My Line Borrowed Poetry prompt. And this is from I read last week. So as you're reading tonight, I am going to be listening and I'm going to pull a line out of one of your poems and that will become our prompt for next week. So the prompt that I'm going to give you is from a poem read by Soldier Blue last week and it is A Stained Wall. A Stained Wall. And again, that was from a piece read by Soldier Blue. So there you go. That is all for this week. Remember, play with your ideas. Play with your words. Have fun with your tasks and your ideas. And they, in turn, will have fun with you. Never make what you do a chore. All right. Just have fun. Have fun with your words. That said, the next thing we are going to do is play an audio track. Now, I start and end every episode with an audio track. So if you are a recording artist and you would like to have your piece played on the air, you can do so by mailing it to me. The word the is in the email title, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. All right. Put M3, MP3 audio track something along those lines in the subject line for me. We'll get that uploaded to the show library, and we will play that for the world. The piece that I'm going to start with tonight is a piece by... Oh, where did it go? Jennifer Hudgens. Hudges. Hudges. <laughs> and it is called Donated to Science. Here we go. We, the tribe of the walking, talking, breathing autopsy, sift as pockets for the scalpel stained with every woman's blood. The incision begins above the eyelids, slides between the eyes down the middle of lips, breastbone and belly ending at the uterus. We place dirty hands into our own damaged corpses, pulling out unwanted portions for disposal, finding that we have been compartmentalized, cosmetics, fad diets, silicone breast implants, programming manuals on how to be beautiful. We have been brainwashed for perfection in an imperfect world. I am tired of goddesses dissecting themselves under the unworthy microscope of men. There is enough twinkle in my eye to be his dirty midnight secret when no one else is watching. He tells me I am lovely through pinched lips. Oh, how easy it is to love me two seats away in a dark theater. He refuses to hold my hand in public. He writes me love letters in Sanskrit as though the end of me could be formulated into reality through a dead language. We pull out centuries of scar tissue labeled self-esteem. We play crazy so well. PTSD tattooed upon each lung, we remove them to breathe more easily. And my God, how much more revolution will it take for the healing to begin? How much more anger for my sisters will the universe allow before we are all returned to lovable? We are comatose zombie brides with mistakes carved willingly into our architecture. We question our beauty as he refuses to touch us or want us or when he plays games of the flesh then abandons our flames for another's exhaust fumes. We are beauty. Every protruding collarbone, crooked smile, chipped tooth, every bend and curve that translates to love songs. Aphrodite is screaming our names. If we do not see the embodiments of beauty in our reflections, then she has lost her voice in vain. 
for every swollen lip, twisted ankle, missing breast, barren womb for every slit wrist, strong will, honest voice, wounded spirit, loving heart, for every sacred creation, beautiful destruction, my loves, we are all so dangerous. I love that piece by her. All right, donated to science, Jennifer Hedges. Remember, once again, if you'd like to have yours played on the air, email those to me to thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. We'll get them uploaded to the show's library, and we will be able to play your piece and share. That'd be awesome. All right. Now, now that we are done with all that, what comes next? Oh, wait. Yeah, it's you guys. (laughs) So if you're on hold tonight, uh, we'll be getting to you in just a moment. I want to let you know what to expect before we uh, we get started. First of all, if you would like to call in and read, the number again is 646-595-3965, 646-595-3965. If you'd like to call into the speakeasy tonight, if you're on hold, this is what you can expect. We do take callers in the order that they call in, such as area code 731 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading as well as having your name attached to your work. Remember, we've been on the air for 14 years. I guarantee you, you go back and listen to that very first show, there's going to be people reading that you don't know. And if they didn't tell me who they were, how are you supposed to know? So 14 years from now, 100 years from now, our shows, of course, we'll still be on the air, but then someone will just have have to pass the torch to someone else, but uh, you know, someone comes back and finds that you want to make sure that that you know, basically you're verbally publishing this. So yeah, make sure your name's attached to it. If you use a pen name, you know, say this is Joy Macaroni, and I go by the pen name of the Macaroni Kid. I'm so dumb, <laughs> but you get an idea. So yeah, you want your name attached to your work. Right now, you can do two pieces, so if you would like to read two, you're more than welcome to. If the lines get too busy and we have to cut that down later on and do only one, I will let you know when that happens. If it happens during your call, I am so sorry, but right now you're good to go for two. We'll just keep an eye on how busy the lines get. Uh, The next thing is when you're done reading, make sure you have your URL to know how to come find you, get to know you, talk to you about your writing, you know, start that that creative network of people, you know, who inspire each other, who you inspire, who you're inspired by, you know, creating that, that social network is really important. So make sure you give out your URL. And then please remember that we have a mature rating. So you're going to hear just about anything on the air with the exception of hardcore erotica, no adult Porn, no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Other than that, you are good to go. Romantic poetry is just fine. You know, I just don't need to hear about the graphics. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. All right. So with that said, I'm going to go ahead and give the first three callers so you kind of have an idea of how you're coming up here. First, we have area code 731, followed by 540, and then 219. All right, let's go ahead and grab our first caller. 731, you're on the air. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Fantastic. I was just 
running back from the printer. I was printing off what I was going to read tonight. So uh, anyway, it's all good. <laughs> did you see? Did you see my emails? I do have your emails up. Just one, just one real quick second. Well, I want you to put. Let's put Kelly Agarden's uh, website up on the chat room. Okay. I am doing that as we speak. Yep, it is the HTTPS colon slash slash www dot agodon agodon Yep, I got it up there. We're good. Dot com, and she's got all of her different websites. She's got about I don't know seven, maybe seven. She's uh. She's from up there around your tribes, Nala. She's in Seattle, Washington. Ah, she's in the rainforest with me, huh? That is fact. That is fact. And uh and um she's one of your people, I promise you. You dig just a little bit. Y'all will y'all will mesh magnificently. Pretty excited about this. Um, I met her through Melissa Stutter, my buddy in Texas. And they do a lot of stuff together. They do radio stuff together. Well, actually videos. They make videos, and that's been fun. Getting us through these trying times, these these days of discipline. So there. Awesome. I have two points first. I'm going to read them, and I'm going to trip and stumble all over them. She has a cadence that... Well, it's not like folks from here in the South. Okay. The other thing is, she has so much stuff available, I don't practice enough on one because I keep jumping to others, like new toys. New toys. Okay. Okay, the first one I'm going to read by Kelly Agadon is called From the Handbook for Emergency Situations. When we are in love, I read you how to survive if you fall through the ice. You were determined not to listen. You plugged your ears when I read, faced the direction from which you came. You told me love can be confused with drowning. I said, use your elbows to lift yourself onto the edge of the hole. You never wanted to live that coldly. You moved close, drank peppermint tea. I read... Reach out onto the solid ice as far as possible. You said our chances were slim. We lived in a temperate climate. What if you knew then that later we find reasons to dislike each other's sentences? How many times I'd look away when you wanted most to meet my glance? What if we knew the instructions? Kick your feet as though you were swimming and pull yourself up. Could be useful when we were breaking up. Or later, when we try to reunite, once on the icy surface, stay flat, roll away from the hole. In home. I love that. You know, that's a really perfect example of what I'm talking about when you take a prompt, when you look at something and look deeper into it and find a unique way. You know, this is a handbook for emergency situations. 
you know, an everyday common object. You can pick up, you can hold the book in your hand, you can look at it. I mean, that's your prompt, but how can you write about it? How can you change it? And to be able to use that story as a metaphor for not paying attention to the things that about each other that can save each other, you know, how you could save it in the end. And, you know, looking back, wishing you could, but you couldn't because you didn't know what to do through the eyes. I think that's a fantastic poem. I love it. I'm really glad you shared that. Thanks. I wish I realized when I printed it off that the parts that are in italic changed my voice. I lost a couple of those. But nobody's perfect. Especially I think you did a great job. I know she would be quite proud. Well, I hope so. I did ask her this last few days if I could share a couple of her poems with a friend of mine over the phone, and she said that would be fine. So, not in okay with it, I'm sure. Just only a few million people listen. Okay, we're going to do better on this one. Okay? This one begins with a quote. Okay, you're going to go, this one begins with a quote from Sylvia Plath. Um, Sylvia Plath is kind of a big deal for her and her, her group. She has a, actually has a business called Two Sylvias. It has to do with writing, uh, editing. Publishing, all that stuff. Her quote is, I may never be happy, but tonight I am content. And her poem is called, Kelly's poem is called, New Telescope. She turns knobs all evening. Still, the telescope remains unfocused on the pattern of a satellite, a blur, a moon, a moth. Open maps of craters papered the earth. Bats loop from treetop to treetop. She focused, full attention. What was that? A gunshot? Imagine someone last sight full of the moon. Or not. A car backfired and a new galaxy created from its exhaust. Clouds appeared like curtains. She aimed the scope at a star with a name like Cancer or Columba. Or maybe she caught a plane settling in the distance. Her elbow slammed the tripod and the telescope rocked, reconnected with the earth. Gravity loaded, sturdy little thing. Through the eyepiece, she peered towards what she believed was bliss or dove. Jagged craters sharpening one after another. I love the deliberate disconnect in that. You know, the way that she brings in where she, you know, the, the, you know, what was that? Something trying to distract her, Mm -hmm. you know, something trying to pull her back into reality, back into the night, but how sometimes you just have to lose yourself inside your head how you just have to escape, you know, like she does through the lens of a telescope and just let go and free fall and think. I think, I think you're right. I think she's a, you knew that I would enjoy her writing and you were absolutely correct. Thank you for introducing her to us. Fantastic. I'll probably be back with some more of her stuff in the coming weeks. Uh, Yeah. I thought I might even write her a poem, but then again, that's probably 
taken it a step too far, I'd probably get a response like, what you going to do that for? Everything was going just fine. You had to go write a poem, eh? So, <laughs> but I thought about it. <laughs> I haven't written a real one in like, I don't know, three years. Maybe I should start back someday. Maybe she's the catalyst. Maybe not. Now you find you you trip over inspiration, and when you trip over it, you go off and running. That's like you know how your riffs are born. So I, I'm not worried about your writing habits. Riffing is fun. It is. All right. Again, again, her website www.agodon.com. Agodon, go there, search. My gosh, there's a million opportunities there. And she really knows the nicest people, too. Anyway. <laughs> now, Nala, do you know what time it is? It's time for you to sing it's a song. Time, it's time for me to step aside and make room for the real poets. Thanks for your time this time. Until next time, so long. Y'all have fun. Bye. <laughs> Love you, Michael. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Great job tonight. Love you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye, hon. All righty. Our next caller comes from. Oh, come on, open up. There we go. Our next caller comes from area code five four zero five four zero. You're on the air. Hey, it's Phil Church down in Virginia. It absolutely is indeed. How are you? Oh, actually, I'm a little under the weather, so I'm only going to read one poem tonight. But we've we've had nothing but straight rain here for about three days. I'm about to go build an ark. Oh, no. Well, you take care of yourself. (laughs) Take lots of vitamin C and stuff and don't get sick. I don't want you sick at all. Well, no, I can't afford to get sick. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just been real dreary weather down here and I guess I'm sort of a little under under that weather, but I'll I'll perk up, I'm sure, especially when the weather clears up. But uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to read tonight. And uh, usually what, when I read, I read off of my computer screen because I'm, I'm reading from, you know, my files. And I found, you can hear it, a piece of paper. <laughs> it's actually the very first sonnet that I ever wrote way back when when I was trying to teach myself how to write sonnets, you know, with the the 14 verses of iambic pentameter and all that. And uh, it's uh, when I was a, a kid, you know, I, I, I was thinking about God, and I was thinking about, you know, if uh, what would prove if, if we were living in a creation. And I got to thinking, well, you know, if I were a fish that was born in an aquarium, how would I know about the aquarium? How would I even know about the person that, you know, created the aquarium and that's, you know, doing all that stuff? There'd be no evidence. It'd just be the aquarium. So that's what kind of sparked this thinking. And it's called uh, God's Existence. When considering all of existence, remembering all that's elemental, does the existence of God make good sense? Is a creator or God essential? Now the universe is full of wonder. It seems to have its share of many flaws, but it's the heavens that all live under, precisely obeying physical laws. 
Some argue with the heart, some with anger. Beyond discovery, faith does persist. Before a big bang, there's a big banger. Therefore, God must actually exist. After all, it seems the best evidence is none at all of our God's existence. In sonnet. <laughs> <laughs> the best, best proof is none at all. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because I even I wrote down at the bottom to check myself. 140 syllables, 70 iambic feet, 14 verses in iambic pentameter. <laughs> oh, see, you just made my whole brain cramp when you said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's, like I said, this is the very first one I ever wrote back when I was trying to teach myself, you know. Uh, and as I recall, what I did was, I uh, I went to the local thrift store, my magic thrift store here in Blacksburg, where I keep finding all my little treasures. And I bought a book, and I believe the title of it was How to Write Poetry. And I bought it for like $2.50. And that was what I originally started teaching myself out of, to, to get these things, these forms, these classic forms, and to learn the lingo and the metrics and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's just... Uh, a little blast from my past that I just happened to run across that night. I felt like, well, I'll go ahead and read that tonight, get my first sonnet uh, out there for the world, uh, you know, to dig up 10,000 years from now and listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think that's awesome. So do you know how long ago that was written? Uh, we're talking 2012. Yeah, it would have been the fall of 2012, probably around September of 2012 that I wrote that. I didn't write my first poem until uh, it was August 29th of 2012. And then I couldn't stop. Man, I haven't been able to stop since. (laughs) I'm so glad. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, That's yeah, I mean, good Lord, I got, I got files packed full of poems it was like a damn burst but uh you know but, uh, i love doing it so but yeah i'm going to cut it short here tonight and uh, you often find me of course uh, on facebook philip church and if you want to check out some of my poetry books and stuff you can find me on amazon philip k-e-n-t kent that's my middle name philip kent church and with that i'm going to get on off here and uh, hopefully be talking to you next week. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Love you, hon. You get better, all right? I, I'm sure will. Thank you. You're welcome, sweetheart. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 219. 219, you are on the air. Or not. Two one nine. Are you with me? Yes. Now this is this is Brother O from East Chicago calling. How you doing? It is Brother O for sure. I am doing awesome, sweetheart. How are you? Good. Good. What do you have for us tonight, sweetheart? Uh, this song is called. My poetic letter of thanks and appreciation to all the essential workers. <clears throat> it 
This poem is dedicated to all essential workers who work on the front lines against this modern-day plague which threatens the human race with no hazard pay. I show my deepest gratitude for every essential worker who literally puts his or her life on the line to keep America's economy from collapsing completely despite subpar work environments and low wages. I personally recognize our essential workers as the real heroes of places, celebrities, and professional athletes during the coronavirus pandemic. Now, these following occupations are being honored and recognized by me in this poem to all essential workers who put in long hours and set aside time from their families to keep our country from sinking into economic depression. To every doctor, nurse, CNA, hospital administrator, Lab technician, receptionist, cafeteria worker, surgeon, specialist, and janitor working either a hospital or a nursing home. You guys deserve my heartfelt thanks and appreciation for caring for patients with or without COVID-19. To every first responder, whether you're a paramedic, firefighter, police officer, or work in the ER, you guys have my two things of appreciation for putting your lives at risk to respond to emergencies. To every grocery store worker, gas station attendant, store manager, or pharmacist, you guys have my two things of appreciation for keeping the shelf stock with essentials and providing adequate supplies. To every truck driver, mail carrier, delivery driver, train conductor, and bus driver, you guys have my two things of appreciation for making sure our goods are shipped to stores and providing rides to people who don't have reliable transportation. <laughs> to every school cafeteria worker, providing breakfast and lunch to children who depend on those meals. To every food pantry worker gives away food packages for those who have lost their jobs or don't have the financial means to feed their families. To every person providing masks, Dwells and food to our senior citizens and taking time out to check on them. You guys have my true thanks and appreciation for making sure that we don't go hungry and our senior citizens are not lonely. So every group home worker who cares for adults with disabilities, to every correctional officer looking out for our inmates in either jails or prisons, to every manufacturer of essential products, to every steel worker working in the steel mills, to every business owner during curbside providing delivery services, to every taxi, Uber, and their driver, to every household worker, warehouse worker, you guys have my true thanks and appreciation for everything you do. I wrote this poem for the express purpose of personally thanking every essential worker personally for all their dedicated services during the coronavirus pandemic. And giving them my, their well-deserved recognition as our modern-day superheroes in addition to giving them their flowers while they're alive. See, brothers and sisters, I'm a true believer and appreciate people where I, whether I know them or not for their sacrifices. And to all of my essential workers out there, I give you guys a special salute and poem. You know, I appreciate you writing that piece. You know, if you, you think about that emergency, you know, emergency crews, ambulance drivers, nurses in 
you know, the doctors in emergency rooms, all of those, you know, that are there. You know, it's a scary time. There's a lot of scary stuff going out there, but they're there doing their jobs, mm-hmm. you know, taking taking care of everything that has to be taken care of. Now, some of them voluntary and some of them sure wish they could be home, I'm sure. Um, you know, but for those who go and do that every day, I think it is really important to say thank you to them. So kudos for writing that one, hon. Uh, thanks. I appreciate it. All right. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can find you. Unless uh, you were going to read you... a second one. No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good doing one. <laughs> All right. Tell everyone uh, how they can find you, love. Uh, Ed, to all those of you who are not connected with me on Facebook, I can be found on Facebook on Omar Brother O'Gavin. Uh, I'm uh, a co-host of the Poet Radio Network show, Voice Behind the Pen every Monday night at uh, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And um doing a lot of things to check out, check out my work. Check out check out the positive quotes I post on my page and uh hope to connect with you guys and as always thank you for your support every week at the Speakeasy Cafe. We appreciate you too so much, sweetheart. Thank you and we will talk to you next week. I'll be back next week. Awesome. All right, thanks, babe. We'll talk to you then. Okay, now. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right. I want to let, we had area code 407 in the lineup, and they were, they had pressed one to come on the air. Then they dropped off the queue, and now they are totally off. So I want to let, you know, I don't, we got some weird stuff going on tonight. So I want to let 407 know that if you are still on hold and still wanting to come on, um, please hang up and dial back in. And so that you show back up in the queue because right now I don't see you. So I'm not sure what happened there, but you're still in the lineup. I still have you because I always write everything down on paper just in case hiccups like this happen. So you haven't lost your place in line if you would like to call back in and share because I cannot see you. All right. Now, our next caller comes from, oh, come on. There we go. Took me a minute to get Brother O muted. All right. Next caller. Area code 419. 419, you're on the air. Hi, Nyla. How are you? Agent 419. Agent 419. Blue team, are you with me? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I'm here landing for flight. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know what's been going on with me. I just have this where my voice just goes. I don't feel sick. I don't have a cold, but my voice just goes. So maybe I talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that that's, that's it. I think... I think God, that, you know, it's just because it's not used to being used for a while. Yeah, or I just strain it too much by talking too loud, or I don't know. It's <laughs> not good. <laughs> Either way, it's not good, so, oh, my God. How are you tonight? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. You know, I'm I'm really, I love... I love spending time on Thursdays. The only time I ever drink is, and when I do, is on a Thursday night. Sometimes I'll have a glass of wine while I'm listening to you guys. And my neighbor, Aww. I mentioned a while back, my neighbor brought me over, you know, left these little, this little care package on my porch. And in it was some homemade watermelon wine, which was just awesome. So I'm into this whole summer wine thing right now. So right now I am drinking a peach Moscato. And it is so yummy. And 
so my evening's really good. I'm sitting back, sharing time with people that I love and care about and listening to this amazing poetry, drinking a glass of, of peach wine. And, you know, life is good. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. <laughs> that is a real good thing. I um I wish my life was going that better, that much better like yours, <laughs> but the um the the gentleman that stays with me, he just got diagnosed with lung cancer, so he's been in the hospital since last Saturday and my boyfriend's in the hospital, but he's expected to get out tomorrow, so I'm excited about that because I haven't seen him in like 2 weeks, so uh things just always happen all at once and got overwhelming for a little bit, so it's going to get better. I look for the brighter side. Maybe that's why I don't have a voice. I talk too much. <laughs> Never too but much. Things have been going on, so that's why, you know, it just kind of brings back memories, too. So I, I was going to read, too. I don't know if we can still read, too, or not. So Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, The first one I'm going to read, I wrote... Uh, I wrote in 2011, and my husband was already diagnosed for his lung cancer, and it just brings it back up because that's what my friend was diagnosed with, so kind of just wanted to read it. Um, and then I brought it home to him, and I let him read it, and he cried. So I had the original paper, has his teardrops on it, and he said that that's exactly how he felt going through the cancer. So I went to some seminar thing where we got to read our poems, and I read it, and there was a table of like eight people behind me. And when we all got done and the show got over, um, they came up to me and said that the one gentleman said him and his wife both have cancer, and they knew exactly what I was talking about because they felt every word that I said. So I just kind of wanted to read that tonight, and, you know, in dedication for my husband and then my friend that just got diagnosed with it. So it's called cancer. <laughs> Desperate alone, overshadowed, overpowered, no control whatsoever. Time is not the same anymore. Even food tastes different. Depression setting in as a disease it takes away, accepting unfathomable. No time for wise, never asking once. Quick to diagnose, not a cure in sight. Operation out of the question, dripping down chemo lane. What lies ahead is a known and yet the unknown all in one. Certainty is definite. Rather, how or when is all that remains. Anger, sadness, confusion settles in, unnerving and unwelcome, yet persistent upon one's soul, always there changing moods. Selfishness is a big one, trying not to be, taking life for granted, sidelines for now, never wanting to let go. Forever daily changes, nothing remains the same. Mood switching like the wind, but who can you blame? Searching for sunny days to bring warmth to this heart of cold. Teaching to step back, take a look, and put your life on hold. One moment, one instant, the sun reminds to put a smile of warmth on this heart of mine. Do not take, for life, do not take life for granted. Enjoy every little step. Take time to embrace each moment and cherish every breath. Learning to be more patient one day at a time. The hands of the clock are ticking, but I would rather they rewind. Every day moves forward at such a snail's pace, but taking time to smell the roses, living for the moment, time just cannot erase. The smile, he warms my heart like a beating sun. His jokes and laughter forever etched in stone. My big bear hugs forever embracing, his big bear hugs forever embracing my bones, never to forget the love he has shown. I will weep tomorrow, I tell myself, as he continues to stay strong, never telling of aches or pains, but seeing it etched on his lovely face. He brings joy and love to my heart each and every day. I thank God for borrowing him to me, 
for having this angel by my side. Please take care of him. Let him know I care. Please tell him just how much I appreciate him there. Be sure to have a seat waiting there for me, for it is my best friend I wish to share eternity. Forever thankful for all he has brought to my life and forever blessed to have been his wife. Robert, I love you in so many ways, too numerous to count. God bless you. So that's the end. Beautiful, beautiful, sweetheart. Thank you. I can, I can see why you got that comment on it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he died seven months later after I wrote it. So, yeah, it was kind of brought up tears, but I, you know, I thought people could relate to it too, I guess, if you know someone, because everybody knows someone. <laughs> um, the yeah. other one I wrote is because of the recent event that I have. Um, it's called Painstaking Reality. So I just wrote, and it's short, um, sadness permeates. My soul is growing restless. My heart left with gaping holes. Silence now becomes me. The sheer loudness of silence rings. I am all alone. I don't think I could ever get used to this, but I will live for my animals as I have always lived for helping to take care of others. My heart sits still tonight. The only sound is of Kobe Jack, my 20-year-old diabetic cat, who purrs so loud, his nickname is Big Black. Other than his loud rhythm, all else is so damn quiet. I could hear a pin drop on the plush carpeting. I have cried so much lately, I am now numb, feeling void, feeling empty. The realist in me wants to shy away, to tuck myself away from facing reality. My heart, it aches, it bleeds, it grieves, painstaking reality. Wow. That was pretty intense as well. Yeah, it brings up a lot of stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I'm still here looking for the bright side because I know it's right around the corner. So... (sighs) You got to <laughs> pain is sometimes consuming. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah. All right, my love, do me a favor and tell everyone, <laughs> tell everyone how to find you. Um, my name is Shelly Gambino, AKA 419. And you can find me. I'm on Facebook. I have a page that I put my poems to called poetical intrigue. I haven't put a lot in there lately because of all the stuff that's going on, but I have a bunch of them on there from before, um, that I post. I got suicide poems. I do write about nature and about life and about pain and loss. Cause that's what I relate to. So anyone wants to feel free to check me out. Poetical intrigue on Facebook is where you can find me. Very cool. All right, Agent 419, <laughs> appreciate you being here tonight. Appreciate you sharing from the heart like that. And I cannot wait to see what you bring back next week. And you stay safe and, and be I'm, good out there. You too, and I'm hoping for brighter topics. <laughs> so I'll keep writing. You know, it doesn't always have to be a brighter topic. You know, yeah. I don't expect you to be little Pollyanna. We are all here living really rough <laughs> lives, and they're not always easy. And sometimes we just, you know, there's someone out there. And, and you know, I can this and I don't like talking about it and and I can and and I'm not going to I'm not going to but I just want to tell you for reasons of my own you know I believe that it's really important for you to share pieces like that because there are people who need to hear those things yeah yeah definitely yeah because when those guys came up to me I was so I, I don't you know I was just so happy that it touched them in a way and he said they both could relate but 
with that cancer poem, I can still see my husband sitting at the table. He had already been diagnosed and gave stage four, there's nothing we can do for you. And he read those words and he cried and said that's exactly how he felt. Those were the most touching words to me because I, I don't have cancer. I don't know what it's like to go through it, but I was able to write how he was feeling. And that meant a lot to me. So, yeah. Because you're so connected. You know, of course you were able to. I think to. I'm an empath. You can feel an it. You can feel it in him. Yeah. I can feel the pain. I can see the pain. I can see behind people's eyes. And I, I know. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's what I've been struck with in life. <laughs> so. All right. And I don't sweetheart. know, Miss Nyla, Miss Nyla, if you ever get a chance to go on my Facebook, my dog caught a, 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 a he treated a um, groundhog in my tree last night. So I got videos of them trying to bark up the tree. And he barked there for five and a half hours straight. I was too. Oh my gosh. I, I didn't want to get my. I didn't want to get my gun out. I was just too sad about it. So it was crazy. <laughs> but I just wanted to let you know because I know you got dogs and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> it was kind of cute. I have. I They're have like a. Years. I have a dog, and and <laughs> you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I and it's three. funny. I'm. I'm not a dog person. I'm absolutely not a dog person. I'm a cat person. Me you know, too. I got cats. Having a dog is like kids. It's having a kid. You know, uh-huh. you can't just throw throw food out for it and, you know, leave, you know, three or four litter boxes around the house and take off for a week. You know, a cat, right. you can do that. You maybe not want to be gone longer than a week, but you can do that if you have to. A dog, you yep. can't. I've done two weeks. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like having a special needs child that will never speak to you. <laughs> and they want your attention all the time. But maybe because they're just mm-hmm. puppies. They just always want my attention. But oh. that's funny that you say that because I never, I was told at 18 I couldn't have children. So I always thought, like, I'm the type of mom that I would tell my little toddler kid if he's hungry that the that the uh, milk bottles in the fridge help himself. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> maybe there's some reasons why people don't have kids. <laughs> so, but that was my way to pacify that, that hurt that I couldn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so but I, do, I totally get it because I, I used to ice fish all the time for two weeks at a time in Minnesota. And I left my cats home for two weeks at a time. As long as I gave them, I gave them four cat litters boxes. I gave them all this food, all this water, and they were fine. So cats are awesome. <laughs> can you can you hear me pouring another glass of wine? Yeah, I'll have a sip of that. No, I'm just kidding. I don't like okay. wine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's probably because of me. That was so cute. Oh, my God. I love that giggle. All right, sweetheart. <laughs> we will talk to you next week, love. Yes, yes, ma'am, and you have a great evening, and enjoy the rest of your show. <laughs> you too, Shelly. Bye-bye, hon. Thank you. Yep, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 815. 815, you're on the air. Hi, Nolly. It's Gina Storm. Hey, Gina. How are you, sweetheart? We've missed you. I've missed you as well. I actually host a Thursday night show with King's Cadence. And he was having breathing difficulties, so we ended our show early, and here I am. Well, I am glad you're here, and I hope that he is doing well. This is this he's is bad. not he's the bad. time you want to hear someone's having breathing difficulties with everything that's going on. So it, it was it was because of dinner being cooked in an enclosed space without the vent on, circulate the air, or the door open, and once those things took place, it got better for him. And I'm asthmatic; I don't fry anything, so. I can only imagine what that's like. He's on oxygen every day. So yeah. he's always in my thoughts and prayers. And even when he's not with me on the mic, he's in my heart and on my mind. So I came here to share a piece for us. 
I would love to hear it. We all would. Okay. I'm going to simply title this piece Purple Balloon because May is Lupus Awareness Month. I was diagnosed with lupus at 27, told that I would be lucky to see 30, and I'm 50. One of the reasons is I'm being loved properly. King's case wrote a piece for me previously that he titled Purple Balloon, and I'm going to freestyle mine right now for all of you. Purple Balloon. He said that he saw me without gravity, that I would have the ability to, like a purple balloon filled with helium, can leave the earth and float away on any given day. I told him if I had the ability to fly free, I would do so immediately. I would leave this suburb of Chicago here in Joliet, Illinois, and find my way to D.C. expeditiously. He means the world to me. He's every fiber of my being. He is the upbeat to my downbeat to my heartbeat. And when I exhale, he inhales because we are one. I don't know when it began, but I can't remember my life before him. I mean, I have kissed other frogs and been married and divorced previously, but this is the man that I was best tethered to for life. See, he's my happily ever after, and I didn't even believe previously that a fairy tale kind of love could exist, but ours is proof of it. He's been loving me especially better every single day, and that's all that matters. He's my best friend and in my diary. I tell him things that I'm always afraid to out loud say. He listens to me, and he gives his best advice, and not just because I'm going to be his future and only wife. No, he understands that at the end of the day, everything and every decision that he makes will affect me in some way. I rely on him. I feel like he's a big brain. I have to bounce things off of him because I'm always brainstorming, and that pun was intended. He is the one that my broken heart became mended. He gave me all of the pieces of me that were previously missing, and now the puzzle's complete. So he's my happily ever after and the only thing that I need. And even on days when I can't fly 712 miles to be in his arms in the love bubble that he created, that he and I exist in, I need him to understand one thing for certain, two things for sure. I'm that purple balloon with no gravity and every day outdoor. He's the wind that makes it possible on days when I feel like I can't go on. My body may fight me, but his love is strong. The reason why I today can say that today was better than yesterday was, and I've been saying that for almost two weeks now, even in quarantine because of my Compromised immune system, I still saw a purple balloon I will be. And King's Cadence, I thank you and I love you. And in your absence, please know that I am holding us down because it's what we do back to back. And I love you. I'm Gina Storm. Thank you for indulging me in peace. Aw, you're so beautiful. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> I've already cried, so we're even. This has been a wonderful show, and I've missed you terribly. I have missed you. I'm glad that you're doing well. Please tell him that we're thinking of him and that we love him and miss him. And even when he's not here, he's with us in heart, and same thing for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Marla. You're very welcome, sweetheart. And we will talk to you next week. Absolutely. It's my intention to not miss another show. 
Well, it'll happen, and when you do, just know it's okay and that we're sitting here waiting for you patiently. Absolutely, and likewise. I love you and the vibe. The Speakeasy Cafe is a wonderful place. This is my tribe. I appreciate you, ma'am. <laughs> appreciate you, baby. Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. One love, one night. <laughs> Good night, honey. Bye-bye. Miss Gina Storm, she is like my twin, my 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 Siamese twin that somehow we're still connected, though we've never met. I just love this girl. All right. Next caller comes from area code 418. 418, you're on the air. Hello? Hello? No, 718. 718. Hi. Hi, Nyla. It's Jim Hart. How are you? I'm doing great, sweetheart. I'm sorry. I'm just a couple steps behind myself. Yeah, I was wondering. It said unmuted, and then you said 418. I was saying, well, that's not me. (laughs) I'm very dyslexic with numbers. I'm sitting here, and right above yours, we still have, uh, have Shelly still listening, which is 419. So your numbers are right next to each other. But my So my brain saw four, her first number, and then your last two, 18 instead of 19. Y'all, y'all mixed together. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. It's good to have a mixture of poets. Yeah. So how uh, are you I, doing? I, uh, doing all right. Uh, I, I have just uh, one poem tonight. Uh, <laughs> It, it's by standards of most people who read, it's not long. For me, it's long. So uh, it's called Still Not Wanting to Fall Asleep. In our sleep, we can go home. And phantasmagorically, mom and dad are still alive, as are all the brothers. And the big black dog roams the backyard, guarding the house from invasion by each passing end train. Stickball games are being played in the street, accompanied by the loud horn blare of a 1957 American well-made two tons of steel light green Pontiac, driven by the old Jewish couple who live in the apartment building across the street and work in the laundromat they own, saying don't do it, don't do it in thick Brooklyn Jewish accents to all the ball players who run and throw the ball while they are getting out of the car. The game halted only for us, the hot boys, by dad's better be here now for dinner whistle that penetrated the distance from our stoop to wherever we were with fear-frightened audible awareness beyond canine capabilities. Aware in passing of his job well done smile as we rushed past him up the stairs to wash our hands, fighting for the soap, the sink, and the towel in that order to get back down and be seated at the table that mom has set each and every night and that she'd clear after we ate so we could begin that arduous journey through math, English, geography, religion, Catholic school homework, ending the night just late enough for no TV time before bed, not wanting to fall asleep, knowing you had to get up and start the school day all over again, which now seemed like the perfect preparation for life. And then you wake, alone, to the cold sweat realization that all is not well in the world, that Annette, your seven-year-old crush, is no longer a mouseketeer, 
that mom and dad are gone, and brothers Joe and John, and the big black dog watched his last end train three decades ago. And you are older than your father in those happy years you thought so bad. And your children are now almost his age then. And the strange realization that you and your remaining brother are the last of your generation. The old men of your uncles and family friends age. And certainly next in line to go. That's a and terrifying thing, that, that whole next in line. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it, it seems like it's just, it's weird the way you're, and I, I love that piece so much because you're part of your brain, I think, part of our brains still live in those screen door moments of childhood. Yeah. You know, we are still that kid inside. And then you wake up one day and realize that, you know, once the next, once the generation before you is gone, you're that generation. You're yeah. that, you're the, you're the, the matriarch of the pecking order of the family and that you will be the next generation that's, you know, that, that takes off. And it's, it's a weird feeling. Yeah. It seems like you go from youngest to oldest in the, the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. The old yeah. line, I I hit 50 doing 90. Of course, now yeah. I hit 70 doing probably 130, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it all on foot. I'm, I'm going to walk in at a snail's pace. <laughs> I tried that. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. I really relate to so much of the stuff that you write, and that's why I've been such a true fan of yours oh, for such you. a long time. And, you know, you, you really inspire me. As a writer, you make me think. As a writer, you make me want to write more. And so I just appreciate you. I appreciate you making time to come here to, to share with us. And, you know, I just appreciate your friendship. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I think that's probably the greatest compliment any writer could hear that they inspire someone else to write oh you do indeed you do indeed were you you were going to do a second one right no no that's not no. that's why i said that for me that's a okay. long one <laughs> <laughs> well you know wishful thinking what can i say i'm a girl you give me an inch i'll take a mile <laughs> you give me one poem i'll take ten <laughs> uh, all right thank you so much love and thank do me you. a favor Tell everyone how they can come visit with you, Uh On Facebook, uh, Jim Hart. I have a webpage, uh, jimhartpoet.com, and my books are available on Amazon. And I very thank cool. you very much for the opportunity. Uh, absolutely, my pleasure. And don't forget to, if you think about it, post the link to where we can find your books on my homepage on Facebook. Oh, thank you. All right, okay. bye. Bye-bye, sweetheart. All righty. Our next caller. I absolutely love that man. Okay, our next caller comes from area code 503. 503, you're on the air. Hello, is this Nyla? <laughs> it is Nyla. Hey, John, how are Hello. you? 
Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you. I didn't mean to jump in and out, but um, last week I thought you were just going to rub my back again. So I realized that was probably not appropriate for last week's. I am having a great time with this week's program, and that last caller's poem was killer, wasn't it? It absolutely was. Yeah, I, I mean, it, seriously, doesn't it make you think? You know, there's oh, things that, like, that we go me... through in life that we can't put into words. And then we hear something like that, and someone else has put our feelings into words. And it's pretty crazy. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. He didn't make me think, but he made me feel. And, uh, boy, I could relate to a lot of what was in that poem. I mean, it was just well-balanced and a great voice to present it. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. All right. Well, I've done my homework now for two weeks in a row. And I was virtual learning thing. <laughs> so I have this uh, short poem for you that was actually one of your. So, although, you know, earlier, what was it you said? Something about, I don't know. Um, um, ah, well, I think it was. Or later. Um, anyway, it's late in the day for me, and I, you know. Here's my poem. Ready? I am. Oh, good. I stand with my better half, and she helps me to stand and laugh, sometimes to see. But now she's gone, and now I leave, unbalanced, forlorn, my fault. You see, I didn't have a clue how painful it would be to stand with only one shoe. In the poem. <laughs> one you do shoe. know it's right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. I do not have a second poem, but I would like to do a little Q, Q and A with you uh, real quickly, if you don't mind. Okay. All right. Um, so um, I was really grateful last week when you read your poem before uh, the audio piece. And um, I had not heard how you read that poem and realized how, you know, varied the breaks were between the meanings. And, of course, uh, the rule number three when using somebody else's words is that you do not change the meaning. It wasn't hard to do buffalo to bison, because bison rhymes with horizon, and feet mm-hmm. and those kind of things, although I did have to add a few things. But what I, uh, what really my question is, is that if I wrote out, you know, I was a writing major in college, and if I wrote out, say, a 10-minute thing, and then coupled the way you read the poem with the way I sang it, uh, the theme would be the differences and similarities between songwriting and poetry, and there would only be three points, so there would only be three paragraphs after each point with an opening and closing. So does that work for a workshop, and do I actually have to read this crap? <laughs> <laughs> well, we already know, have right? We already have the song recorded so I could take that on my audio editing and I could 
you could tell me where you wanted me to chop it up so we could play it, you know, like uh, the first verse no. and then stop and you mm-hmm. could talk about it. I could record my piece for you and you, I could chop it up and you could use it however you wanted, or you could read it or I could read it for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think it would be really cool to do a workshop where we talk about how you take a poem and turn it into a song. Right. I think that would if be amazing. Chop up, if you're going to chop up the song, then you, you know, talk, Chop off where I say hello, Nyla, and you chop off the end of it where I say. Oh no, I love that like. part. That's the best okay? part. Okay, and then and, and and so and then you know you're reading, and um, you know my idea would be it would either start the workshop or end the workshop, um, but it's a very short ten piece ten you know minutes maybe at best. Anyway, the idea here is that I don't know if I should present it. I don't even know well, what these workshops are presented like. You know, you could do you could do a workshop actually on how to write a song, songwriting, because there is such a close kinship between poetry and writing songs. But right. there are some and major so, structural differences. So if you were to take, say you were to take my poem and talk about how you changed it, and why you changed it so that you could make it fit the structure of the songs. You know, why you, like, as you said, I changed Buffalo to Bison because I wanted it to rhyme with Horizon. You know, things like that. And how you have to break up a, you know, the the structure of what a song, the mechanics of a song, how they're different from the mechanics of a poem. Because you have to have those breaks in there. You have to have those bridges. You have to have those repetitive choruses. You know, things have to fit a melody, all of those things you could talk about and talk about how you took poem to song and how to write a strong, a song format. Okay. So like I say, as a writing major, I'm going to take three points and make a freaking, you know, college paper out of it. And uh, you just said one of the uh, killer things. And that is, you said, I broke up your poem, but that's not what I did. This took me nine hours to, accomplish and a lot of that was spent in staring at a computer screen but (laughs) I didn't break up your poem what I did was I reassembled it I put it together okay you Mm -hmm. had this perfect poem that worked my voice okay and my background because I'm a folky and then the poem just echoes the emptiness of the prairie and how you long to be back there and that kind of thing. So rule number three, don't fuck with the meaning. Okay. (laughs) And then, you know, there's two more points that I'd like to put in there. Um, But that's the third point is that you just can't do this. I I actually had to do this in children's, uh, you know, children's masses at a Catholic church and, you know, they'd hand me scripture and say, make this kid friendly. And the one rule, don't fuck with the meaning. <laughs> <laughs> so you would bastardize this shit down, but you didn't break it up. What you're doing is you're rebuilding stuff. And that mm-hmm. poem was perfect because you never used more than three or four words in any line. So it was easy. Yeah, put it up there. You rewrite it into like five, or what was it, uh, two stanzas in the bridge. And then 
you know, you make it rhyme. So then you start screwing with it. <laughs> That's when you start screwing with it. <laughs> oh, so we didn't, okay. we didn't break up. We screwed. I like that scenario much better. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying you didn't just screw, That's but we m- built much up. Much user, fr- okay? we user built friendly. Up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, well, I, I'm I, sorry. I just couldn't I, pass that up. I just, that was just such an no, easy no, no. setup. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I figure, um, you know, I did my homework last week and I did my homework this week. Oh, by the way, happy birthday, you freaking kid. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was fun to work with the lost shoe. Boy, that one threw me a lot. But being in isolation, you know, I'm writing a lot more. So that's why I appreciated the whole idea of, you know, trying to do this thing with your poetry. But I'm telling you, I can't do your erotica into a love song, which is what I first thought of, because I don't have that voice. <laughs> I mean, my voice is like Bob Dylan meets Fatsmo or something, you know? <laughs> well, I want you to know um, that, that having you put my... um having you put my poem to song, how much that meant to me, I cannot even tell you. It was such an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, you talk about it being folky and stuff. It's like having Janis Joplin, you know, oh. to me, it's, it's on the same, it's on the same plane as having you do that is the same as, you know, having Janis, you know, just, just that's how much I adore and revere you, you know, it's on that level. Oh. So I just can't even tell yeah. you what a gift that was mm-hmm. for me, John, seriously. I, I love what you did with my song. In fact, I'm going to close well, with it tonight. I'm going to close the show with it tonight before when we when we get done uh, on the air. That if you guys have, if you up. didn't hear it last week, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just invented my madness. I keep my listeners around. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, so massage my ego a little more, please. <laughs> look, look, look. This is an art I've practiced for over 20 years, taking other people's words. I mean, most songwriters don't come up with their own words. What they do is they take somebody else's words and work with them. And that's, you know, I mean, the singer-songwriter thing is very new to the actual music. You know who Lorena McKenna is, don't you? Yes. Lorena McKenna, yes. almost every song that she does is a poem word for word like the highwayman i don't know if you know that but almost every song that she has recorded is the stolen child that's a a yates poem almost every song that she does she doesn't even change the words word for word they are classic poetry so if you don't know that wow like go find a list of her songs and google the titles and put the word poem, yeah, right. like the stolen child poem. I've heard the highwayman. I have not heard the other one that you mentioned, uh, stolen child. Um, you know, let me see. Let me check that. something real quick. I didn't. I didn't know that that was word for word. That is really um, quite an art. Oh, another thing you said last week. You said it was great that um, you could write in a way that other people could use your words. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, um, go ahead, keep texting. I'll just keep talking. Uh, <laughs> but, nope, I'm, I'm um, you know, 
there are a couple of very famous people that feel like that. Um, and, you know, one of them was Bob Dylan, and he refused to tell people what the freaking songs were about. Okay? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he got, he got this Nobel Prize in poetry, and he waited till the last minute to pick it up. He skipped the ceremony over that. Anyway, he finally picks it up, and his reporter asks him, you know, why did you wait so long? And he says, because I'm not a poet, I'm a songwriter. <laughs> yeah. 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 The guy just won a fucking Nobel Prize. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a poet, I'm a songwriter. So That's anyway, I, I will write this I I will write this short piece for you. You can do with it what you will. Okay? That works for me perfectly. Now, I am having some issues with the phone line right now. So when you heard me typing, it was because I had to reply to tech support. So while I'm waiting for them to get my lines back up, I'm going to keep you online with me for a minute, if that's okay. (laughs) Really? You're not just rubbing my ego? No, I'm going to play something for you, actually. I want to play it because I actually have this on my studio because I had talked about this a time before. So we're talking about... William Butler Yeats, one of my favorite poems by him ever is a poem called The Stolen Child. And Mm, so I'm going to play you the poem. This is a spoken word version of his poem, The Stolen Child. And this is by William Butler Yeats, classic poet. And then I'm going to play you the song, The Stolen Child by Lorena McKennett, which is word for word, the song, the poem, the William Butler Yeats poem. And a lot of her, you will be amazed how many of her poems are actual or how many of your actual poems. But I know that you'll appreciate it because of it's a poem being turned into a song. And I know you like her. You'd have to like her. No, I do like her. uh, But I've only heard the one piece. Um, I've never heard this piece. Um, And remember, uh, I cannot do it word for word. I have to change And you don't have to. So I'd love to hear somebody do it word for word. (laughs) (laughs) It's, 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 It's amazing. It's amazing. So this is a spoken word version of William Butler Yeats' song, or excuse me, poem, The Stolen Child. Here we go. Okay. Where dips the rocky highland of sleuthwood in the lake? There lies a leafy island where flapping herons wake the drowsy water rats. There we feed our fairy vats full of berries and the bread of stolen cherries. Come away, O human child, to the waters in the wild with a fairy hand in hand, for the world's more full of weeping than he can understand. Where the wave of moonlight crosses the dim gray sands with light, far off by furthest rosses, we footed all the night, weaving olden dances, mingling hands and mingling glances, till the moon has taken flight. To and fro we leap and chase the frothy bubbles, while the world is full of troubles and anxious in its sleep. Come away, O human child, to the waters and the wild, with a fairy, hand in hand, for the world is more full of weeping than you can understand. Away with us, away with, away with us he's going, the solemn-eyed. He'll hear no more the lowing of the calves on the warm hillside, or the cattle on the hob, 
sing peace into his breast, or see the brown eyes bob round and round the oatmeal chest. For he comes, the human child, to the waters and the wild, with a fairy hand in hand, for the world's more full of weeping than he can understand. Okay, so that was the spoken word version of William Butler Yeats' poem, The Stolen Child. And this is the song, word for word, sung by Lorena McCannett.
That was the music, that was a song version by Lorena McKennett of the poem by William Butler Yeats, A Stolen Child. And that was I think it was impressive. Well, not incredible. <laughs> but see, classic poetry yeah. had had that form and that rhythm and that rhyme to it naturally. So being able to take a classic poem and do something like that word for word is much easier than the way we write now. Uh, yes, and Maybe no. I tried to do Shakespeare because uh, other people had done a couple of his sonnets, and I failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started listening to it, and it was like, and I was trying to do it word for word, but I was like, nobody understands this shit when they read it. They're not going to understand it when I sing it. Yoda Sorry, understands but, it. Oh, sure, but he always reads it backwards. <laughs> Exactly. You know, that's, I used to get teased when I was little. I don't know if you knew that, but I used to get teased when I was little about the way I talked. And I used to actually hide in, you were over to my house when I was a kid, I'm sure, but I used to hide yeah, in the woods below my house. On and, yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to sit there and hide in the woods below the house and practice talking like my sister so I wouldn't get teased. But that's the first hilarious. time I heard Shakespeare, I swear to God, I could, I, I would, I, there's a long story, but. The first time I heard Shakespeare, it was like hearing a language from my home planet, you know, because I oh, always, right always get teased about speaking inside out and backwards. And mm-hmm. that's what Shakespeare does. That's the same thing Yoda does. Is he speaks inside out and backwards. And so for me mm-hmm. to fall into the rhythm and understand Shakespeare was such a natural thing. And I absolutely love, I can't even tell you how much I love Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Cool, because I feel the same way. And uh, I went went to Ashland and saw him put on King Lear, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I've never seen a movie as good as this play. I just never have, oh. you know. You know, I bet I've <laughs> seen like King- the play. The Tempest is my favorite, and then followed by Midsummer mm. and Night Eve, of course. But mm. you know, the the soliloquy that Caliban does, you know, he says, "Be not mm. afraid. The Isle is full of." Noise and sweet airs that bring uh-huh. delight and hurt mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. That whole soliloquy of his, I, I, I get, I start. I mean, there's times where I've seen performances of that, you know, in high school theater, where it mm-hmm. just it's made me cry. You know, it's just so beautiful and so well done, and yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Did you know so, my junior year, I was uh, I was um, Caliban, um, and the assignment 
from my drama teacher was to apply makeup to my face. And I created this thing, put it on my face, and forgot to put the spirit gum under one of my eyebrows. <laughs> so when I pulled it off, so I got this great frog face. <laughs> when I pulled it off, I was missing an eyebrow. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that All is right. so funny. Look, we we've been together too long. You got other poets to get to and they're great I do. Tonight, I just got so. my lines back up. I got my studio back up, so I've kept you hostage ah, long enough. I wanna thank you hanging yeah. out for me during my technical difficulties here and sharing that with me. But you know, I, when now that you know that, go back and look up look up the, the highwayman highwayman poem. And then listen to the Lorena okay. McKenna version of that and, and explore it a little. Look at some of the other pieces that she's mm -hmm. done that's actually based on, on classic poetry. I think you'd be amazed. You know, I have this huge book of poetry from American poets. I'm mm -hmm. sure that, you know, I probably already have the poem by Yeats. Well, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the yeah. Highwayman, I the, believe that's done by, um, that's not done by, that's Alfred Noyes. Knows and N O Y, I it's no yes. That's how I always remember it. The word no, the word yes. This, N O Y E S this, is his last name. I don't know how to pronounce it right. This hundred-pound yes. um, poetry book is done by um, alphabetical. So, what's the last name and how do you spell it? Alfred Noyes <laughs> N O N O Y E S is the highwayman. So it's not just the Yates poems that she does. Really. Okay. Well, okay. I'll yeah. check it out. Um, I'm not have, now finding it right away, but I've already got the damn book in my lap. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, if you can't I, find I it, my me a message and I'll send it to you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, if I come up with this paper, I'm supposed to send it to your what website? The one that you mentioned, uh, you know, on the beginning of every program. No, it just just shoot well, me a message on here. That's fine. I'll get it faster if you shoot it to me okay. on here. Fast is not exactly good, but <laughs> feel free I'll to edit. It. I'll see it sooner. <laughs> All right. That, that gives right. you more time to edit. Peace be that with works. you. I love you. Bye. Love you Happy too, birthday. John. Thank you so much, honey. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Yes. Bye. All right. Now that we have our lines back up, I want to let area code 202, 216, and 863 know that you are our next three callers. I have 757 on the line as well. However, you do not have your, your uh, you have not pressed one. You are not in the queue for me to bring on the air. 757, if you want to come on the air, please press one. Otherwise, if you're hanging out just listening, I'm glad you're here. If you change your mind at any time, you can press one, and that will put you in the lineup for me to bring you on. So let's go ahead and grab area code 202. 202, can you hear me? Yes, I can. <gasps> Yay. Hi, sweetheart. Hey, how are you? Absolutely wonderful. What's going on with you tonight? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I have a question. Um, is any chance 815 still around? Uh, 815? Yes, yeah, she is. Do you want me to bring her on? I appreciate it so much. <laughs> okay. Miss Gina, are you there? I am here. Hello, Cadence, my love. 
Hey, baby, how are you? I'm fine. Welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe. Now, and I was speaking of you earlier. I have goosebumps, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's real love in real life. So, Gina, I am going to turn the Speakeasy over to you and let you host it and bring Cadence on and and do your thing. I'm just going to shut up and let you guys play for a minute. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, King Cadence, the love of my life, my partner in print and rhyme, has written a book called The Cadence of Love that you can find on Amazon, and it's available for purchase. He is also signing copies as well. He can be found on the Facebook page, King Cadence, without an apostrophe, spelled creatively with a K, on the Storm Cadence page with myself, as well as on YouTube. And we can be found anywhere the poetry can be found. But right now, the love of my life is here on the mic at the Speak Music Cafe. Baby, the mic is yours. Thank you. Uh, this yes, week is called Kings. Called Kings and Queens. Oh, yes. Yesterday is once more in those dreams I had as a free thing are still deeply embedded within me. Others watch cars pass and claiming the greatest is their own as they pass. I wanted something I never saw my color mentioned, nor established. Well, that could be in my lady, not be gangster or savage, but above average. How about becoming a king and a queen? Once married, my, 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 how... I would smile about inside and close my eyes and see your dresses trained elegant, elegantly, flowing on for what seems like miles. Little princesses lined up on either side and young princess alongside in true pride. I imagine so vividly before it happens, your veil slowly lifted to reveal an absolute dream of a queen. I've been gifted. Trying to capture my grasp as I lost the air that escaped me as I gasped. And we both laughed because neither of us could believe how fast we said, I do. If ever you wonder why I carry on with such talk of my beloved kings and queens, it's easy. Because I still believe. Oh, what a beautiful piece. Thank you, my love. Ladies and gentlemen, King King. Nyla, the show is yours. <laughs> uh, you know, that was incredible to hear. She told me you were feeling a little bit under the weather today and weren't and you weren't here earlier and I was like all bummed out and telling her to send you like virtual hugs and stuff like that. So I'm really glad you were able to get on tonight because we really miss you when you're not here, you know, and even when you're not here, you still are, you know, you're still kept in our pockets, warm and safe a place set for you at the table and just, just know you're loved and missed and you're always in our hearts. Well, I appreciate that deeply. Um, you know, baby told me, you know, that, you know, I'm always, prayed for and, you know, people, uh, you know, well-wishing and and it makes a difference. I feel it, man. I appreciate it. And I made it here tonight. So. Absolutely. Well, your, your family, you know, your family, period, both of you. 
yes, just the way it is. Absolutely. We feel the same way about you. Thank you, baby. All right. Go ahead and tell us your digits again. Um, you can find, to find me you. on uh, yeah. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook under uh, King's Cadence. Uh, Cadence creatively spelled with a K. Um, you can find me good gracious uh, on Instagram under the same name King's Cadence. Uh, under Twitter is King's Cadence. Um. YouTube uh, with my love, um, Storm's Cadence. Um, you can find me on Facebook under Storm's Cadence as well. And um, as my love mentioned earlier, any place where the poetry is, um, we're also there to um, to love it and you know keep it going. So. Absolutely. Awesome. One love, one light. So do you guys want to Do you want share another one real quick? Because that's only one. You guys have time to do another one if you'd like. You want, you want to do yeah, one together? I did one. You did one. You want to do a collab? I'm game. Uh, sure. We can All do right. That. We're going to throw something for you, Nyla. <laughs> you deserve <Okay>. it. <laughs> um, boom, 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 boom. Black man magic. Absolutely. Uh, maybe we aren't in the habit of between saying with pride how some queens actually find celebration and claiming savage. That may be someone just past that black man. Well, we're also magic. We beings of melanated regions, not not heathens or negativity beacons. Which is one more way to be decent and please believe it is no longer a secret. Black men are magic. From fathers to stepfathers, brothers and especially doctors, lawyers and even more, if you're still wondering what this form is for, I'll slow it down. So you can all catch it. How about a hand for this black man magic? I can salute that Batman magic, and I have some black girl magic for you. I don't know if you realize this, but there are a lot of people who don't, so I'll have to make sure that it's true. Words cast spells. That's why they call it spelling. Words are energy, so you need to use them wisely. I don't do any magic that I don't understand, but my black girl magic is still at hand. Every full moon, I bask in its beams, and I do the things that came before me from previous queens, maybe not my mother, but her mother and her mother before her and my father's grandmother too. See, there's some black magic that was passed down from them to me, and I assure you that I recognize the black man magic that you have inside, and I honor it every single day and night. I want you to understand that it's not just in the moon's rays and light, that we can dance together and feel that same magical energy. No, we charge our crystals. We pray, we meditate, and we do the things that we need to to be okay. 
I love the energy that you put out and the spells that you cast with your words and your poetry. That's why I do this thing with you, and it comes and flows so naturally. I love your pen. You love my voice. We do this thing. It has no choice. It was divinity. We had this love written in the book of life before there was a you or me. I'm just so happy that I have the opportunity to share this vibe with you tonight, my king. He's King's Cadence, and I'm Gina Storm. Together with Storm's Cadence, and that's our piece. And I'm a fan, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thank both of you for coming on tonight. Thank you for sharing that second piece and just a great job. We love you guys so much and we hope that you can be here next week. Thank you. Love you. Uh, See you next week. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Gina Storm, King's Cadence. Thank you. We will talk to you again soon. Take care of each other. Good night, you guys. All right. Love you too, honey. All right, our next caller, area code. Area code 216, my mommy. 216, you're on the air. Thank you. Hi. (laughs) Hi, mommy. I've been listening. I'm turning the Bluetooth off now so I can can hear me good without the echo. Okay. (laughs) How are you okay. doing? What's going yeah. on with you, my love? Well, I just got diagnosed today, and um, um, they said I have chronic something going on with my brain. I've been dizzy for a while, so I'm grateful that um, that um, I've been using my brain to do the poetry. I guess I would have probably been uh, really chronic. If I hadn't been doing my poetry, so yeah, that was my diagnosis. That I said. Um, so it's evidently, the uh, Alzheimer's that my uh, generations before me had. I guess I am in the stages of. Well, I said chronic, but I don't feel chronic because I haven't forgotten anything yet. So I don't know. I just been busy. That's why I went and got the test in the first place. But they said that uh, test they gave me had nothing to do with dizziness. I don't know. Still don't know why I'm dizzy. But uh, in the meantime, I'm glad that um, I finally got the message. You know, this is the second time I had the test. The first time they didn't tell me I had degenerative, um, whatever it is, some long word um, that has to do with the brain. So I'm sick and don't even know it. Hmm. So, I have a poem. And I have all kinds of I questions, but I'm not going to ask them right now, okay? Yeah, yeah, because I'm perplexed myself. So they said this is the second time I've been diagnosed with it, and I said, what is the first time you told me about it? You know, so I don't really, I don't really understand. Is there one doctor that I'm assigned to, but he has only saw me twice. And every other time I went back, it's a different doctor that's on his team. But I never get to talk to the same doctor. It's just kind of strange. But uh, even in my chart, I don't see all that, where they told me that I had any type of, you know, malfunctions going on. But now they're saying that they did. 
um, see it before, but now he's just not telling me. Anyway, um, there's a famous um, nightclub that was for gays called The Stud, and it's going out of business. But I don't think they're going out of business forever. I think they're just going out of business because of the coronavirus. So I thought it was an interesting article, and you told us to take anything and just make a poem out of it or write about it and let it turn into a poem, so that's what I did. And the reason I turned it into a poem is because they said the last function that they had there was this fabulous funeral in this fabulous uh, gay nightclub. So, and then they closed the doors. So I wrote this piece for that. And the name of the piece is called The Stud, is the name of the nightclub, Ain't Studdin' Corona. It goes like this. No up close and personal, like the farmer said to the potato, I'll plant you now and dig you later. No socializing, no corona dying, vying to say bye and go out for now in style while no more coughing. How often do we go away gaily in a fabulous coffin? In peace. I love it. <laughs> Nobody else will lo- but you, so <laughs> I had to make sure. I love, you gotta read the article. I love the little devious laugh of yours. It's so cute. It's like you're nine. I mean, that's a that's a nine year old giggle. Oh yeah, how, how serious could I be about a stud gay bar closing up? It's been open for fifty five years, and uh, they're closing their doors. And I mean, I couldn't get too serious about it. It was just kind of funny to me, you know. But they're not gone you forever. Know, it's funny, we have, um, around where I live in this area, there is a, um, the big gay bar is called the Speakeasy. So I'll go into a business and I'll like to, I'll go to get my fishing license and they'll say, can I get your email, please? And I'll say, yeah, it's the speakeasycafe at gmail.com. And instantly they'll start looking for an Adam's apple. Okay. Because the Speakeasy, is, you know, everyone knows the Speakeasy, it's a gay bar here in town. So when I tell them that's my okay. email address, they start, oh, is that a guy? Is that a guy? <laughs> I just look at oh, him and wink. Hey, baby. <laughs> hey, baby. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. Yeah, so it's a, it's a whole story about it. You can go to my page and see part of the story. The first part is on Sylvia's page. Um, she lives in California, so I guess that's where the club is. But, um. Yeah, it says uh, the stud closes its location to save itself for the future. And that's the second part of the um, the first part. It just tells about how they closed their doors. And the last function they had was uh, this fabulous funeral at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> you can just look it up and get a kick out of the little piece that you told me to take something that's not even interesting, just write something. So I started off by saying the stud ain't studying corona. And then it turns into <laughs> it just went into that. <laughs> so I'm going to do a real piece now. 
uh, okay. <laughs> and it's called uh, Cycles. And this was written in 17. Um, there are secrets to be uncovered in the rainforest. Something mushrooming from a medicine tree. What goes on in the woods and jungles while we hustle and bustle, pacing the pavement like ants, never to become one with the mighty trees, the buzzsaw and blades are working to create another beautiful mall. I cannot breathe. Earthly home wreckers are earth disturbers. My environment is clinging on, holding on for dear life. Rats share space with me. Viruses fill the air on subways, yet right here on this small planet, I once could tap tonic from trees. But now Earth is choking. She's crying. I cannot breathe. So many secrets to be uncovered in the rainforest. Something mushrooming from a medicine tree. Something mushrooming from the medicine tree could cure us, but I am forbidden to reveal, I'm afraid. I may never get to feel the cleansing of a forest breeze. I chant to feel that which has left my womb and disappeared. May summon the spirit of unknown secrets to come. Enter my energy field. Take me to the place where I may see the streams of pure water hear the calling of ancient voices and play in red clay, molding clay pots and weaving fabrics on my loom. There are secrets that could mend us with knowledge of leaves and roots and red dirt and water. We can know all of these things that lie in the thick steaming lakes and Instead of cesspools, we'd have tonic water and mushroom juice. We never had a chance on these cemented grounds, pacing back and forth like ants, killing habitats and creating havoc. Can you plant a small tree in Manhattan for me? For her, for them, they put us here, and now they leave. Wealthy folks head for the hills and mountains. They bathe in the natural fountains. Now it's them that are draped in gold and amber. Put a damper on our habitat. Plundered all the earth. Replaced grass with turf. While my bare feet know not the grass nor soil. Stench and debris arise from the pavements in boiling heat, blocking the change that would release this negative energy from my feet. In peace.
Wow. I love I love the way you said, and now I'll read a real poem. <laughs> right. That was cute. Yeah. Wow. I just can't believe I wrote that in 2017. And I'm talking about the virus. I'm so psychic in my poems. I just like, wow. <laughs> I wow myself. No, I'm serious. It's like... Why am I talking about the virus? <laughs> like, this is 2017. It's right here on the thing, May 21st, 2017. You know, because I think that being as astute as you are and tuned into life and politics and people and the whole cause and effect chain of events, that I think that you probably sense this coming you know, the virus yeah, being a meta- could have been a metaphor for a, many things. You just, I just don't know if you knew that it was going to be so literal, that you knew something like this well, was I, inevitable. I yeah, you're right. But I don't think it was a metaphor because I'm talking about all the things that I don't like that's going on with the rainforest and the turf. Well, you know, usually you could take off your shoes and walk on the grass, and the grass would just spill all the negative energy out of your body. But you can't do that on concrete and a turf. So I'm talking mm-hmm. about all the things that they're taking away and replacing it with, you know, with the fake stuff. So I, I don't think it was a metaphor. It's not, it's not it basically it's not even a metaphor for poem. And mm-hmm. I know I've written another one like that with Joe, with Joe, uh, the verbal mind dancer. We did one together, similar, called Inhabitant. It's basically I just think I've been pissed off for a long, 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 long time about how they do Mother Earth. And this planet. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And I think you love the planet too. And so um, you can identify I do. with. Yeah. You know, but there's something that I know, and that is that this long, this planet will long outlast anything we do to it. That Mother Nature always reclaims what is hers. And no matter what we do, we will cease to exist because we will destroy the planet in a way that it can no longer sustain us, but the planet will still be here. She will prevail. She will win. Oh. She will outlast us. Oh. oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. There you go. Life, life according to Nyla. <laughs> we, are the vi- we are the virus. We are the we virus. Are the, we are the virus. Think you about know, that. We are the go. only thing. We are the only thing. Only thing in this. You know, everybody laughs at me, but I think we're aliens. Well, I don't think we're indigenous to this planet anyway. We are the only thing in this ecosystem that's destroying it. We are the yes. only thing in this ecosystem that does not belong here. We are the only thing in this yes. ecosystem that is not sustaining it. That's not a part of the cycle. Yes. It's absolutely true. It is absolutely true. (laughs) Everything else plays a part in the circle. We are the only thing that's not making it non-sustainable. There you go. And that's why I love you. And that's why you get stuff because you love planet Earth just like I do. I mean, we love rocks. We love just looking at the trees and, you know, going mm-hmm. and picking a plant so like rosemary from the garden and boiling it. I mean, you know, it's like we just love this planet. 
And some of the things I hear you say that you do, you know, you just, you know, give back to the planet just by meditating and just going to sit somewhere by yourself and just loving what God gave us to love, you know. And I think I'm just pissed off, and I've been writing pissed off once for a while. So um, You're, That's important yeah. to do. Mama's allowed to be mad. Yeah, mama mama, mama is not always June Cleaver in high heels and an apron. Sometimes she gets the willow switch, too. Yeah, especially when you're messing with my sister, Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. So, okay, my darling, that's my two pieces, my contribution, and I shall visit <laughs> you again next week. And uh, for now, I'm going to go meditate and think about some of the things you said at the beginning of the show that I need to do to make myself awesome. better. All right, Mama. Shoot me a message and let me know what's going on with you health-wise. I'm, you know me. I love you. You're my mommy, and I'll be concerned. Um, so yeah. kind, of, kind of let me give me a heads up. You know. All right. I will. You you know my Thank secrets. You. I need to know yours. Oh yeah. Well, as soon as I find out my own secret that the doctor's keeping from me, I'll let you know. I mean, tell him. Don't I make me come down there because I I don't I take healthcare very seriously. I mean, I get my health records. I get my blood tests. I get all the results to all of that stuff before I ever go see my doctor. I do all my research online. And when I go to my doctor, I have a list of questions that I want answers for. You know, yeah, I mean, the, really, whole, I, the whole thing that I've been dealing with over the last couple of years, my doctor didn't find. I did. Two big things that have gone on with me. I found they didn't. We're on the so. air now, so I can't discuss the whole thing, but it's like, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll inbox I'll inbox you. Okay. okay. All right. I appreciate that, Mama. All right. Love you okay. dearly. I will talk to you next week. The show. <laughs> Thank you, Mama. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 863-863. You're on the air. Um, hello, Nyla. This is Noreen. Hi, Noreen, my darling. How are you? I'm doing okay. It is very good to hear from you. What's going on, sweetheart? Oh, um, n- not not too much. We had a storm here tonight, so I that's why I was late getting on the show because it was really thundering. Ah, oh, we had a storm like that this week. It was so in Oregon. I don't know what thunderstorms are like there, but here when we get these thunderstorms, it's like you know, it's like the 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 dwarves are up in heaven playing nine pins. It's just a rolling thunder where. You know, there's, it doesn't thunder and then stop and then another thunder. It's like one after another on top of each other, just a continuous rolling thunder that doesn't stop. There's no breaks between the sound. You know, it's completely surrounding you. And it's so amazing. And, oh, I love it. Wow. I absolutely love thunderstorms. Wow, this one, it was really, really loud. It made me jump out of the chair. <laughs> so, uh-oh. I said, uh-oh, I, said, I got to turn off the, the, the laptop and and unplug the microwave and all of that. Yeah, I remember when I lived in Colorado Springs. I used to go camping all the time up to yes. at a place on Pikes Peak called Happy Meadows. And I had like my favorite camp spot up there was right on top of this peak in that area, like right up at the top of this little mountain. And every day in the summertime, like clockwork, Somewhere between, right about between 3 and 4 o'clock, you are guaranteed a downpour and a thunderstorm. And it lasts about an hour, and then it goes away, and it's sunshiny again. I don't care if you wake up in the morning and there's not a cloud in the sky. By 3 o'clock, you're going to have your thunderstorm. And sometimes you get golf ball. I've got 
photographs and pictures of golf ball size hail. Wow. You know, that we've picked up and, and it's, it's just, it's insane. You know, people get killed by, you know, that comes down on a forest. You know, they get hit in the head by a golf ball size. Wow. He's a hail and it's insane. But I remember camping up on that mountain. And when you're up there, I mean, you're you're more than a mile high up in the sky because, you know, Denver is a mile high on altitude. Colorado Springs up at Pikes Peak, you're even higher. So it's like you're yes. right in the clouds. You're right in. And the thunder, you can reach out and grab a hold of the thunder and hold it in wow. the palm of your hand is how close you are to that thunder and lightning. And it's scary. But at the same time, it's so intense and insane and an amazing, amazing. Just, I mean, it's like standing at a concert right in front of the speaker and feeling it rumble in your chest. You know what I'm, that feeling I'm talking about? That's yes. how close you are to the storm. It's pretty amazing. Yes. I wish I could take yes. you there so you could feel it with me. Wow. Wow. That would be neat. It, it is. But what would be really scary, because I've been um, – not not here. This way before I met Gary, I've been at one place where actually the lightning hit inside, hit another room. I wasn't in that room, but it hit in the, uh, hit in the room. Wow, that was scary. I bet mm-hmm. that would be scary. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad it wasn't in the same room. I'm glad too. Yep. So I want you to write me a love poem about. Gary being the lightning that hits your heart. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the whole thunder it creates in your soul. There you go. There's a okay. prompt for you. Okay. Um, okay. Run that by me again. I'm write, writing it all down. I just want you to write a poem about Gary being the lightning that hits your heart, metaphorically, being love, and how the thunder rumbles your soul. Because of the love wow. he gives you. Okay. Wow, I would go, I'm gonna love writing this one. I think you are. <laughs> yes. I can see. I can see you enjoying that one. Yes. All right. So, what did you bring for us tonight, Noreen? Okay. And um, for, for um, Gary, I got um, I promise you. Um, you can't buy a breath of fresh air. When your heart and soul are gone, I'm going to give more than a memory. I'm going to give a sign from above. I want you to know I'll be waiting at the quantum crossroads. The end. Aw, I love that one. Me too. He'll be waiting. He is waiting. Yes, yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Today, what are you going to read? Okay, hmm? I'm going to read um, Candles Eternal Flame. Okay. Um, okay. Candle's eternal flame is like our flame of love that keeps on burning and burning intensely, full of love, full of passions. It never fades as time goes on. The end. Aww. Such love. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, baby. Beautiful, okay. both of us. So tell us about the books that you and Gary have done and how we can find them. Okay. Um, Gary and I have done Two Hearts in One, The Hour of Truth, and Reflections of Our Inner Beings. And you can find them all on um, Amazon.com. Okay. And then you can also find um, 
uh, find us on our website called um, oh um, Gary and Noreen Snyder dot Wix dot com front slash poetry, and you can find Gary on um, I dedicated to him. You can find him on there on um, Gary and Noreen Snyder dot com front slash Gary. And that's Gary with two R's, by the way. With two R's. Yeah, two R's. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Okay. And then you can also find him on uh, poetrypoem.com, on facebook.com. You can find him on reverbnation.com. And I know there's other websites, but i got to go through them and, and Google us and, and find them. Okay. And he's also Googleable and Googleable. <laughs> Indeed he is. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. And you know what and you can find me on um okay um facebook.com reverbnation.com and um poetrypoem.com and oh and on code uh, 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 co-hyphen5.com and you can also find us on um the poetry club and I do a, a Saturday night um Saturday night um the uh, Facebook Live on the Poetry Club every Saturday night between five and five thirty. That I try is to awesome. have it at five o'clock. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. All right, and make sure you know okay. you've been doing really good at that, and I appreciate it. So just remember, you know, to keep posting the link to your okay. show on Saturday okay. on my page, so people can find it fairly easily. Okay. 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 And I was thinking of a poet to to. For this Saturday night, and you gave me an idea when you were talking about noise, noise, N O Y E S. Is that how you pronounce but, it? I don't know. I have no idea. Noise. I mean, that's see, that's the way I pronounce it. So if somebody knows better than I, and I'm going to have to like go look that up how to pronounce that later because you know you never want to mispronounce someone's name. It's horrible to do that. No, yes. But it is spelled N O Y E S. Yes. I mean, that, that's noise. Noise, noise, mm-hmm. noise. I can um uh, Google it and I'll put down uh, how to say it. Those, those let you know. <laughs> okay, that would okay. be awesome. Yes. But yeah, look up Lorena McKennett because I think that you would really enjoy her work as well. I, I think that um um uh, when 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 um Andy had Reavers, well mm-hmm. you and Andy had Reavers, and I he he played a lot of Loretta Mc, Mc um Loretta McKinney. McKenna, yeah. Yeah, McKenna, yeah, McKenna. Um, a lot of times, uh, her music, and it was, and he was told about her. That was from other poet, from um, other poets she sung to. Yep. All right, Noreen. Yep. Thank you, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. You did a fantastic job. Okay, thank you. And thank you for okay. sharing Gary with us too. That's really awesome. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Okay. You're welcome, oh, um, honey. Um, oh, I was wondering, can I send a send a, a, a file that Gary playing a song or or saying his um his a uh, poem? Oh my gosh, yes, please, of course. Okay, okay, please. Okay, okay. Do you want it? Um, do you want um your 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 um voice on it or or Andy's or do you want me cut it out and should have by without your voice or without. Andy's voice. You you can do whatever you want to do, however you would like to present it. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. You know, if you even wanted to record a little introduction to it and then put those two together so it's you talking and then his poem, that's fine too. Okay. Okay? Okay. 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 All right, love. Okay. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Thank you for being one of our sponsors. Thank you for being such an important part of our family. And thank you for bringing us Gary every single week still. We appreciate you guys so much. Okay, you, you're welcome, and thank you, too, for having us here. And I want to thank the other, um, uh, the other sponsors, too, for sponsoring the show. And, and, thank, and, and um, thank you, too, Nyla and um, uh, Christopher Ryan and um, Michael Quigg for, um, ho- for hosting this, this show. So we poets have a venue for us to say our poems. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love you, Noreen. Thank you, honey. Great You're job welcome. tonight. And this is our favorite show. <laughs> we and love you. Okay, we, we love you, too. Okay. All right. Good night, hon. Okay, good night. Okay. All righty. I'm going to go ahead and bring on area code 573. 573, you're on the air. Good evening, Nala. How are you? I got no one mute. Hey, you how me? you doing, sweetheart? I can hear you. Uh, I just I didn't hear an uh, unmute, so I didn't know if I was it was me. Or I, <laughs> I'm doing good. I should call in later more often. I don't have to hold this long. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. So go ahead and introduce uh, you. We're um, also having issues with the lines, so that helps because you know helps. we've only got a this couple lines good. coming into the Thank studio. And I, when I was out waxing the car at 9 o'clock at night, and I thought, well, you know, now it's still gone. I should call. Um, damn Starbucks double espresso. This is Sinister Spittle, by the way, for those who don't know the <laughs> voice. It's the train wreck you can't take your ears away from. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So uh, we do have one or two tonight. I actually have one very short one I just wrote, and then I don't know what I was going to do yet. I was just looking at that you can do too. All right. Well, let's start with this one. I just wrote this probably two months ago. It's called Who's I Am. All I am is used lines, backward clutch, and seven past, reinventing beautiful turds, gray skies, kiss bitter cheeks, dog loose, happy as hell, pissing on cardboard in the sand, running carefree, still I yell, oh, why can't life be so fucking grand? What a sinister spittle is no longer who I am. One-liners, over-relatable, redundantly chasing my own tail. The fuck with that. I am who's I am. End peace. <laughs> Always with the passion. Slow down passion, but yeah, I, I still get told, you, you read like a machine gun. I'm like, I'm so much slower now than before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is true. You do read slower now than when you first started coming onto the show and reading. And I wouldn't have said it then because everybody's style is their style. But I personally, when you read slower, because I, it's kind of like rap music. You know, you get those rap guys on there and yeah, they sound like auctioneers and they can go 90 miles an hour, but I don't understand what they're saying. They're going too fast. And I want to know the words. I want to know the message. So, you know, when you go slower, it's easier for me to understand what you're saying. It doesn't lose the impact. In fact, a lot of times it makes the whole message even stronger because I, I get it. I'm getting it more. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I love it. I think it's awesome. I, I'm, I'm glad mm-hmm. when you, when you come on and you read and you do that. Let's try to do this one a little slower too. It is not really meant to be. I see. I, I just, I read it. I usually like I write it, but um, this is fractured outcome. I'm aborted apparition of self-doubt and greed, festering, now bleeding, a rot unassumed and verbiage damned, sputtering, broken tooth betrayal, worthless introspection on dime store reasons I novel my stance by, this lacking inspiration somehow driven to subtle chaotic expressions. Severing my flesh loose to containment, I failed to incubate heroic beatings, a self-abusive determination of meeting suicidal tendencies I gnaw flagrantly. Thelonious credo spewed via soured incantations of lamenting my passage, this half-sunk value and medicated reefs from which sharks do grace. Lighted display of injustice bound in social reform lacking adhesives, tactless inferiority where insolence plays with surgical blades venomously. Ringleader, that is I, scraping some new, joylessly reveling in each blood splattered let. Gorging on the nectar of despair that shoots sequins through my frozen eyes. Self-imposed, a prisoner of perpetual quandaries cornered by sacrilege vines, crucifying prayers of vigilant angels, thorn-laden, weeping from punctured sides. Guardian of assimilated asylum corridors where crowns and drugs fruit supple juices, plummet down jacketed vessels with swollen megabyte orifices. Tangible sanctuary is the rotunda where frivolous want meets insanity's requiem. Tattered ledges attempting to encapsulate the worn analytics on my face. Rampant my disease that clicks new torrent magma rivers through valleys, disrupting serene, docile exchanges where thrusted eyes birth nurturing ways. Parlor games, oh, youthful transgressions, which has found new age and flagrance. Blurring definition once sought to validate oak barrel aging is now blind. Weak vibrations echo the loss in auditory refinement as insanity walks by cumbersome and graded posture of broken-headed lunacy, a debilitating sneeze. Prolific justification shackled the errors that jaunt playfully, clueless to reform past normalcy by with debonair wit brashly stupefying this man apart. Blackboard lessons... Copulating ascension fries above the natostratus, just high enough to choke out the lights you wished upon. This wasted breath and slow-crawling nuisance which flares an itch. Here, her pedic, rich-cutter lacerations burst unfathomable crimson hues. Walking dead, variable empty and handcuffed to the decimated core, dancing hysterically under a blood moon now full iris hide. So toxic the breeze that deconstructs the mental wilds fractured in denial. Playwright of weeping quagmires be the self-proclaimed genocide and peace. See, you have a really amazing talent at picking unique words when you write. So I really appreciate being able to decipher them while you're reading because it's, it's fascinating to me the way that your mind works. And to being able to hear you and understand you. And, you know, so if you've slowed down at all, it just makes it all the better for me. My ears are getting old. I've been doing this for 14 years. <laughs> so it's, it's all good. <laughs> but that was a great piece. And, you know, I, I challenge anybody to stop 
and, you know, go back, listen to the archives, really listen and pay attention to some of the word choices that you use when you write, because you really, you really have a unique style. I love it. Thank you. It's a, it's a little bit on pause right now, but I am painting again, and I've got a couple of works in the process, and uh, finding those words again, you know, I, I realize that you, we're all a bit of a redundant redundancy, and we master it in our own way, um, and you cannot get down on yourself about that. It, it's actually not so much a redundancy as it is a style of your own and your own choosing. Um, I try not to use the same words over and over again, but certain words just have a certain panaz, um, mm-hmm. and you, you, want to keep, you want to keep using them. And I, I encourage anybody not to get down on themselves as redundant, but as a architect of signature styles. Exactly, exactly. All right, hon, do me Says a favor. the Messiah, tell now her... everybody rise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell everyone how to find Get you, baby. Google that shit. I'm everywhere. Uh, keep an eye out for my WordPress. You just look up Sinister Spittle. That's S-P-I-T-A-L. Uh, my WordPress, I am relaunching, and I'm going to start trying to blog, and the secrets of Spittle are will be disclosed. Not, not that <laughs> I'm not an open fucking book already, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little blunt. Oh, really? And SoundCloud. I've been recording <laughs> you on SoundCloud. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Great job, honey. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night now. <laughs> you too, love. Bye-bye. All right. So I am having some issues with the phone lines, you guys. Um, I am going to play an audio track for you. And that is going to be one by Epiphany Castro. While I see if I can get another lineup, and we will be right back with you. Here we go. This is Epiphany with Not a Love Poem. Here we go. Him. 
stars were blistered and burst as old wounds closed, making way for new possibilities. Possibilities that shall pour from above and what shall come. Pieces of haikus you wrote. You wrote before you ever saw his face or knew his name, before you ever stained his lips. Every line, every rhyme, every time you blink, a tear will spill with a diamond-encrusted shell preserving the former memory of what used to be so that you shall not forget what you used to be before him. You will wait by a shore with no end. Anointment will come. this what it feels like? Is this what it will always feel like? A foreign stinging inside I do not recognize. Surely this has invaded my spirit, my heart, my body, my soul, screaming to unfold, begging to behold with every sense I have in me. The vision of he whom I was told is my destiny, my love, my greatest of love. My love that scorched my dreams love I could taste in my sleep, silence, and then words spoken. He is already there. Open your eyes. So I did, and he was right next to me. So this is not a love poem. This is Already loved poem.
was Miss Epiphany Castro with Not a Love Poem. I want to run over the journal assignments and writing exercises and stuff I gave to you at the beginning of the program. If you happen to miss those, if you're just tuning in, grab a paper so you can jot these down real quick. If you happen to miss anything, you can always come back at the end of the show and listen to the first 15 minutes of the archive of the podcast and write them down then. The first one, your journal assignment. Uh, was is our rambling catalyst basically a free write at the top of your journal page I want you to start with a sentence once upon a time two or three weeks ago and that is the opening line to the book by Ray, Raymond Fetterman titled Double or Nothing written in 1971 so we are stealing the first lines from some of the greatest novels ever written for our rambling catalyst so at the top of the page once again write the sentence once upon a time two or three weeks ago and then just keep writing. About 10 minutes, don't stop. Whatever comes to mind, it doesn't matter. The next thing is your writing exercise. We are writing to uh, writing to a scenario, something to, to a subject. You know, the whole point of this, by the way, is to not write a poem. I want you to write a story or um, a narrative prose, something along that line but it's to get you to girdle yourself into a poetry form or poetry text or a poetry frame of mind. You know, it's to open your brain, get it out on paper. And if you want to go through it later on and find the poem inside of it, then that's fine. But you will uh, explore a subject much more thoroughly and in some pretty amazing ways when you tackle something like this first tackle it this way first so the scenario I want you to write to is I want you to write a story opening it with it just being any old regular Monday right and you're on your way to work at a retirement home for superheroes think of all the mischiefs and the twists and the things you could do with that so write a story opening with it just being a regular old Monday morning and you're on your way to work and you work at a retirement home for superheroes the next thing I gave you is your pick apart a prompt. And basically you write this, well, not basically, you do. You write this prompt at the top of the page and instead of writing a poem to it, you write, and the poem was shadow. The, the prompt is shadow, not the poem. Your pick apart a prompt is shadow. And remember, you know, think of questions along the lines of what kind of shadow is it? Whose shadow is it? Um, you know, is it something magical, otherworldly? Is it a real shadow? Can others see it? Uh, is it just imagined? Is it a good shadow or something much darker, such as the shadow of some type of a mental illness? You know, what does a shadow do? Does it have a mind of its own? Um, what secrets does it know? What secrets is it keeping? What secrets does it want to tell? Think of all the different ways you could take that prompt and write them down. Instead of writing a poem, write down your ideas. Uh, once again, that shadow. And then next is your poetry poems. These are seeds planted. They are meant to be turned into poems. So with that said, it can be the title of, a line in, or the general concept of your poem. There's four of them this week. So write number your paper one to four. The first one is Glorious the Moon. Glorious the Moon. Number two, Their Thin Hands. Their thin hands. Number three, falling veils. Falling veils. And number four, 
is. She is beautiful. But she is beautiful. And then lastly was your borrowed poetry prompt. That's my line, borrowed poetry prompt. Came from a piece read by Soldier Blue. And it is a stained wall. A stained wall. So there are your writing exercises, prompts, and assignments for the week. Remember to play with your ideas, play with your words, have fun with your tasks, and they will have fun with you. Always remember to keep, don't, this isn't a job. It's something that we are passionate about, something we have fun with. So let that little inner muse out to play often. I'm going to close the show with a piece that I talked about earlier when I was speaking with Mr. John Case. He took a poem of mine called Displaced changed the words up a little, rewrote some things, uh, and created this folk song to it. I mean, I just I just dropped the idea two weeks ago. A week later, he had the thing. And last week, I read both my poem, and then I played his version of the song. And it's just an awesome, awesome gift. If you know anyone that writes music, you know, Moon Cookie, by the way, is someone who does that as well. But if you, you know, want to, if you know somebody that writes music, and you can team up with them, and just give, I didn't, you know, I didn't tell, I basically gave him free reign with my piece. He could change, mix up, mold my words, ideas to fit a song. So I gave him free creative license to do whatever he wanted. Once I handed it to him, it was his to play with. And so it was real fun to see what he did. He, you know, there were some words that changed to fit. And he was talking earlier about maybe doing a workshop on songwriting, how you can take you know, first of all, songwriting, but then how you can take a poem and turn it into a song, um, which is really cool. So I'm going to play the song that he wrote to my poem called Displaced, and it's his version of it, and it's absolutely amazing. I love it. I want to thank him for that gift. Again, all of you who sent me birthday wishes last week, or my birthday was on Monday, all of you who sent me birthday wishes, I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you and tell you thank you. They mean the world to me. I'm going to be going through those and reading them. Um, I wasn't here to do that before, but I am now. So this really gives me something to to look forward to. I'm real excited. There's so many of you guys that sent me messages, and it means so much. So thank you. I'm going to close the thing, the show again once, like I said, once again with this song by John Kay's written to my poem, Displaced. We will talk to everybody next week. Love you guys, and good night. Here you go. Hi, Nyla. I took a couple of liberties with your poem, but, you know, that's what songwriters do. Oh, the prairie is so far away. Losing my eyes, I am there today. The warm wind makes love to my skin. Thunderheads roll on the horizon like ghost dust, remembering the bison. Summer washes a sky that's barely blue. Well, it's more bleach than bones, I'm wading deep. Sweet grass waves tickle my feet. White poppies intoxicate, there are bumblebees. Large as my pony's gait, wings drumming hard as I was born. Already buried in this my home, a womb of thought, rebirth delivers me.
back to the red soil of this earth. Lingering, powerful, a heartbeat heard its melody. It's calling me back somehow. I am down there still, wildness in my veins. I feel it inside like an old Mustang. Inside my chest, hoofbeats are still pounding. Ah, the prairie is so far away. Closing my eyes, I am there today. Warm wind makes love to my skin. I hope you like it. It's all yours.